beautiful souls. Welcome to the Energy Center podcast. This is Dana Neural, your holistic healing guide. I'm a board-certified holistic nurse, a master energy healer, an Akashic Records practitioner, and a spiritual mentor. This podcast embodies the divine wisdom that everything is energy. Through this knowing, we illuminate the path to holistic healing to rebuild and ignite your connection to yourself and the universe. In each episode, we explore life through the perspective of unity consciousness, the chakras, Reiki, yoga, and all things energy healing. You, my friend, are your own healer. And when you reconnect to your energy centers, you can experience harmony, create quantum shifts in your life, and awaken to your soul's purpose. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Let's begin. Hello, my beautiful soul family. Here we are, episode number 30 of the Energy Center podcast, and it's been quite a journey, I must say. For those of you who don't know, who are not regular listeners to the show, over the last couple of weeks, on June 28th, my husband, my partner, and I left on this adventure to ride bicycles across the United States doing a route called the Northern Tier. And I promised to share lessons from the road, uh, what our experience has been like so far, what I have learned. And it's taken me a while, (laughs) at least two weeks, to really get into the flow of this new energy, of this experience, and to really settle in and figure out, uncover how I want to share, how I want to move forward with keeping my connection to my audience. And so originally I was intending to yeah, post every day and and connect with you guys every day and stay on top of my podcast on a weekly basis. And I just realized that that wasn't really feasible for the dynamics of this trip. I have never been in a situation like this where it's consistently just figuring things out on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute basis. I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to be, you know, in, in a couple days from now, but this has really been a practice. This whole experience, this whole journey has been a practice in being present and going with the flow. And so as of right now, right now we're on day 14 and we have finally taken a full rest day. So I am committed to not being on my bike at all today. Uh, Drew, my partner, just left to go run some errands on his bike, but he's got a lot more energy (laughs) and commitment to being in the saddle than I do. Uh, But I'd love to share with you guys just what has come up over the last couple weeks to let you know what life is like living on the road, living the bike touring lifestyle. So the very first lesson that came through happened before we even left. So we had plans to fly out of Denver airport to Seattle on Wednesday, the evening at like a 7 p.m. flight, the evening of Wednesday, June 28th. And when we arrived to the airport, there was a lot of chaos happening, a lot of upheaval of the whole uh, airline system 
and flights were being canceled all over the place. We weren't aware of it until we showed up at the airport. And so essentially we, we ended up waiting at the airport for like seven hours. We were there from like 5 p.m. until uh, 1 p.m. in the morning. And our flight ended up getting canceled because of various different factors. I don't really feel like it's important to get into all of that, but it was really frustrating. It was really challenging. And the airline had all of our equipment, all of our luggage, all of the things that we needed for our trip, they had already, we had checked those bags in, and so the airline had our bags. So our flight was canceled at like 1 a.m. in the morning. They had our luggage. So we were stuck in Denver because we had taken a shuttle down from our home two hours away. And so we found a hotel. It was like one of the only hotels left in Denver at the Oxford, which is this like old historic hotel down in, in downtown Denver. And we had never stayed there before. We got there at 2 a.m. And um, it's probably a place that we normally wouldn't have stayed or would have stayed at for a, a very special occasion. But because we were checking in so late and because of our circumstances, the, the man behind the front desk took, gave us a lot of support and love and, and gave us like a really um, nice price on the room because we were only gonna be there really for a few hours anyway. But when we checked into the hotel when we were in the lobby, there was this birdcage covered in a blanket and I asked the, the guy at the front desk, I was like, oh, is there a bird in there? And he's like, yeah. And I knew the bird was sleeping because it had the blanket over the cage, but I kind of made a mental reminder, oh, I want to see the bird in the morning. So we spent the night at the Oxford. We, we slept in a little bit. We weren't able to get a flight out the next day. That Thursday, we were able to book a flight on a different airline on Saturday, early, or sorry, early Friday morning. So we knew that we had the whole day to spend in Denver. So we got up, we kind of got ready, packed up our bags. We just had like one little paneer bag <laughs> that we were both carrying around. And we went to a coffee shop right next door to the hotel we checked out, we went to the coffee shop. And while I got my chai, I was like, oh, I forgot to look at the bird. Drew, we need to go back to the hotel because I want to see the little bird in the cage. And so Drew's like, okay. So we, we got our coffees and we walked back to the hotel. There was different staff behind the desk. And, and I said, oh, we just checked out, but I wanted to look at the bird. And the girl behind the front desk said, oh, she's a canary. And I went and looked at this little bird in the cage and she was just so beautiful. And she was this little yellow puffball bird and she was eating her seeds. And I asked the girl behind the front desk, what's her name? And the girl said, oh, her name is Florence but we call her flow. And in that moment, I was like, oh, thank you universe. So that was a beautiful reminder, a beautiful synchronicity to start off this trip. It was essential for us to go with the flow. And really that's been this guiding, this guiding rule, this guiding lesson that's been kind of just I've been following the trail of that, following it along, going with the flow throughout this whole process. Because of that little bird in the cage, I knew I wanted to go make sure that I saw. So thank you, flow. <laughs> thank you to the universe for that beautiful reminder. And so after that initial 
frustration, kind of let down that we were already a day behind in our trip, we just decided to move forward from there and really commit to just saying this happened for a reason. And it really ended up what we would find out that it did because had we left on time, there were so many people that we met just even in our first day in Anacortes, Washington. So we arrived in Seattle, we took, our luggage was there already. So like that came together quite effortlessly. Um, we took a shuttle from Seattle to Anacortes, Washington. We spent the night there and we actually met this amazing man on this rooftop bar. We went up to watch the sunset in Anacortes and this man named Charles, we ended up talking to for a really long time and he's this world-renowned orca expert and he's doing so much work to save the, the whales, to save the orca whales. And um, his life was just so interesting and he worked with Jacques Cousteau and we're like, we would not have met this amazing man and learned his story if we had arrived a day earlier. So that was super cool that we met him and got to talk to him and felt just really inspired. And I'm actually going to share a link to his foundation in the show notes because there is this beautiful story. There's this whale that he is working to save right now and bring her to a sanctuary, a sanctuary from a, a marine, um, you know, like a sea world type place or marine world type place. He's working to save her and bring her into a sanctuary in the Puget Sound in in Washington. So. I will share a link to to donate to his foundation if you guys are interested in because the work that he's doing to save these amazing creatures, these beautiful, beautiful animals is, is so important and I felt just so inspired by talking to him. So because our flight was delayed those two days, we were able to meet Charles. And then we also, on our first day out on the road, we were gonna camp because the warm showers host that we wanted to stay with weren't available that first original night, but they told us if your plans change, we're available to host you the next night. Well, because our flight was delayed again, we were able to stay with this warm showers host. And so warm showers, I believe I explained it in the last episode or maybe two episodes ago, but warm showers is an app that is set up specifically for bike touring cyclists who are doing trips like us. It's the support network across the country. People who are either cyclists themselves or just want to support and connect with other cyclists and they open their home to you. Usually they give you a bed to sleep in and shower and their laundry. Sometimes they'll prepare a meal for you. So it's really a way of just connecting with other people and then receiving support from other people along your journey and a place to stay, a place to, to rest, to, to receive a warm shower and, and a nice clean bed. So the, the hosts, Rob and John Scott, they weren't available the first night, but because our flight was delayed, they were available to host us when we were coming through the town of Marble Mount. So we stayed with them on their property which is this beautiful sanctuary in the woods. They have a cabin out there with all of these amazing plants and, and gardens and they're right next to the river. So we like 
dunked into the river. They had an outdoor shower, which we used, and this big two-room tent that they had set up for us that we slept in, and it was absolutely incredible. And to hear their stories and their experiences from their bike touring trips across the country was just phenomenal. And it was really an amazing way to start, to set up, to feel connected to and supported by others as we began our journey. So lesson number one, a really strong one coming through, go with the flow, be in the present moment, let the universe do its thing because in some cases, and actually in probably I would say in all cases, it's things are coming together in the way that they're meant to. The universe has a divine plan for you. And I've been shown that time and time again on this trip. Something doesn't work out. And instead of getting mad or upset about it, just being like, it's happening for a reason. It's happening for a reason because we're meant to have some other kind of experience. And so that's what this has been about, living day by day, moment by moment, not knowing where you're going to be the next day and being completely okay with that and surrendering to that. And I've been falling in love with it. <laughs> Lesson number two that I learned is, wow, our bodies are just amazing. <laughs> our bodies can do amazing things. Your body is so much more capable than you are even aware of. We've been probably averaging about 75 miles a day. We just did our first century, so we rode 104 miles uh, two days ago. But I would say, yeah, most days we're riding about 80 miles a day. And I am just so in awe and so inspired to see how my body is just transforming and it's able to do so much more than I thought it could do. And when you allow your mind and your body to come together and work in union instead of opposing against each other, again, it just can create such profound effects. It's really quite magical. And so I've really been tuning into when I'm pedaling, wow, my body just keeps going and going and going. And sometimes there's like a pain or a hurt, like I've been getting a little bit of neck pain every now and then, but I'm learning how to adjust my head and my neck position to avoid that pain. If I've, I've been getting every now and then a little pain in my left quadricep muscle, but instead of focusing on the pain and just being like, okay, hmm, that's interesting, and, and I keep allowing the body to go, then it, it's kind of like it almost works itself out and it moves through me without sticking around. And then my mind, there's so many thoughts that come through my mind as I'm riding. You know, I'm in the saddle for up to 10 hours a day. There's so many thoughts that come in there's absolutely thoughts that come in around like, oh, what if you can't finish today? Or what if you just quit? Or what if you don't make it all the way to Maine? Like I, those thoughts come in, but I'm having this strong recognition that they are just thoughts. They are only thoughts. They are not my beliefs. My belief is that I'm going to finish every day strong. My belief is that I'm absolutely going to get to Maine and we're going to have a couple days to spare to, to hang out and enjoy those last days when we make it to the end. I believe my body is so capable. So there is a difference, 
I have learned, I am feeling, I'm integrating into my system and knowing the difference between thoughts, what are thoughts and what are beliefs. Thoughts come in and they like can just move through you or pass by like clouds. But when you start to feed into a thought, then it might become a belief. And so when the thoughts come in, you realize what are the thoughts that are, are not serving you? What are the thoughts that don't belong? What are the thoughts that don't feel in alignment with the vibration you want to be? And you just let them pass. And you don't judge yourself for those thoughts coming because they're just thoughts. <laughs> so your body, your mind, when it comes together in this divine union is capable of so much more than you, you even realize. So allow yourself to just like notice what are my thoughts? What are the difference between my thoughts and what are my beliefs? What are the beliefs I want to feed my energy into and what are the thoughts that don't serve me? Play with that a little bit. See what comes up for you. See what you notice and see how that can help you shift and change your own energy. It's, it's also really interesting, like just noticing like how easily your body is able to adapt. Like right now, my body just kind of feels like this really interesting, beautifully integrated machine. And I think sometimes the word machine gets uh, a negative connotation, but that's really what my body feels like in a really good way. Sometimes I feel kind of like a garbage disposal, <laughs> like I shove all this food into my mouth because I'm burning like 3,000 to 4,000, 5,000 calories a day. I don't even know how many because I don't have that integrated of a, or yeah, I don't have a system that's telling me exactly how much I'm burning a day, but that's what I'm guessing. But it's like, I'm constantly hungry <laughs> and I just have to like listen to those cues my body tells me and feed myself and then it just like moves through me <laughs> it's like my body just takes what it needs and it, it releases what I don't need so it, it's just like so interesting how your body just adapts to what is happening what you're doing with it and even my mind my mind has been like I'm having these moments because I want to prevent the bonk so the bonk is like when you just keep riding so much and you get totally depleted and then it's like you have to stop you can't keep going because you don't have the energy to do it anymore so you you're you're you want to avoid getting into that space because it's it doesn't feel good and you're completely depleted and then you know you're held back and you can't keep going so it's like I just start to listen. I get these little cues in my mind. My mind just starts thinking as I'm writing, you know, for hours, my mind is like, starts thinking about food. <laughs> like, hmm, I really wish I had, I'm, I wonder what this energy bar tastes like because we're getting all these, this food from like all these different places around Montana right now. I wonder what that energy bar tastes like. Or, hmm, I wish I had those gummies that Drew has that I know he's carrying on his bike. Or, hmm, I wonder what we're going to have for dinner tonight. So I just start thinking about food. And then that's like the cue to stay on top of the bonk, to prevent the bonk. So when I just start thinking about food, I now know I might not feel like super hungry, like that growling, that empty feeling in the pit of your stomach. But I now know when my mind starts to ruminate, think about food, it's time for me to eat. Otherwise, I might be depleting myself. So it's like 
also tuning into that, my mind is trying to tell me some things because the body-mind connection is so strong. So the more and more you listen to just those little cues, not the fear, right? Not the fear, but just those little cues, those little neutral, like inquisitive questions that your mind is asking you are oftentimes signs or feedback or information for us to tune into more and listen to more. And so really feeling it in the present moment and feeling the response from that, like, hmm, I'm thinking about food a lot. It's probably time to eat. I'm going to eat a bar or whatever it is. And then I feel better. And then I feel like I can keep moving and sustain myself instead of allowing myself to get to that point of complete depletion. So... The first lesson is go with the flow. The second lesson is that you are more capable than you even know when you allow the body and the mind to truly connect in union. The third lesson of the the road is to respond with love. (laughs) So I'm not going to lie, it hasn't been all rainbows and butterflies. There's been moments when it's been super hard. There's been moments when um, I would say like 90% of the population is like supportive to us or um, maybe doesn't care that much about what we're doing and courteous, you know, they, when they're passing us on the road, they, they make a big arc around us, give us lots of space, which I always am so grateful for. Thank you. And then I would say like, 9% of people are like super interested and super curious, ask us questions. Um, We get little like positive feedback honks every now and then, or people saying like, you're doing amazing. So some people go out of their way to to give us love and support. And then there's like 1% of people that just for their own reason, who knows why, they don't like us. They give us like negative blaring honks on their horns as they pass us. Or um, we learned a new term. It's called coal, coal rolled. So when a truck passes you and they blow their like black puff of smoke exhaust at you, it's obviously kind of like a sign of, hey, I don't like you. Get off the road. We've heard people have yelled at us, get off the road. Um, again, I'm not really sure where that comes from. And in the beginning, I was like, it probably happens like a handful of times a day. And so either we've just been ignoring it or um, in the beginning, I was like trying to think of ways, like what can I do to get back at them when they tell me to get off the road? Ooh, I'm gonna blow my whistle. I have this bear whistle. (laughs) I'm gonna blow my whistle at them. But then I just realized, you know what? It comes from a place of like unconsciousness when people treat you that way, it comes from a place of really like lack of love for themselves. It comes from a place of hurt. So when people are hurting or doing hurtful things to other people, it oftentimes is a sign that they themselves are feeling really hurt. So I've just decided, and so has Drew, that when, when we come across situations like that, when people do things that aren't very nice to us, because we're riding on the road, riding our bikes down the road, it's simply just like responding with love. So when people do or say things that might not be considered as 
pleasant or, or nice, I've decided to just send them love, to say, I love you. And maybe they don't hear me, but it's what I've chosen to be is just love and to spread that love and to be that no matter what, because that's who I am and that's who I've decided to be. So far, it has been completely just a wild adventure. I am learning so much. I'm feeling so much. I'm exploring so much of who I am. Someone asked me today, oh, have you been doing a lot of work or thinking about your business? And I feel I've been feeling this for a really long time. And now it's actually happening that things are actually kind of in the space where a part of me is being broken down to be built back up again. And through this process, through this journey, through this experience, I felt it's a, a deep initiation into that. And we have eight weeks left to go. We're, we're only at week number two. And so much has been happening already and I can't wait to see what continues to unfold in the next two months. <laughs> it's still like beyond my belief that, wow, I'm still gonna be doing this like two months from now. It's pretty wild, it's pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> so I hope that you've enjoyed listening. I definitely plan to post more shows. I just don't know when. To be completely honest, I don't know when it's going to come together. I don't know when the stars will align to make it happen. But I hope that you've enjoyed listening. And I'd love to hear your responses or your questions. If you guys have questions you want to ask about what life is like on the road or what I think about, whatever. Right now, we are in Great Falls, Montana, taking that much-needed rest day. And we'll be heading back out on the road, working our way through Montana. We're actually going to be here. It's a big state. <laughs> We're going to be here for several more days. So yes, I look forward to connecting with you guys again soon. And if you want to stay in the energy, if you want to come into your own healing journey through a self-study, which will ultimately lead you to becoming your own energy healer and then set you up for Reiki One training with me, then I highly recommend you check out Illumination, the self-study option. That's the only way that Illumination is available from now on. And this is the way in which, this is a prerequisite for you to complete Reiki One training with me. So you can head to my website, dananeural.com, check out all the information on the transformative programs page about illumination and you can sign up right there there's a link to sign up and get started so it is an eight-week self-study it includes video modules weekly meditations and lots of amazing content in a really divinely crafted intelligent way to guide you through your own holistic healing to help you become more in tune with your own energy and then ultimately lead you to working with the energy of others. And if you want to, if you have questions, please feel free to email me. I've been getting some emails here and there from my current clients and I really love staying connected with my people, with my tribe. So if you have questions about the program or again, anything else you're curious about on my journey, please feel free to send me an email, Dana, D-A-N-A at oehealing.com. Again, I love you guys so much. Stay tuned for more exciting information on our experience on the northern tier 
and talk to you soon. Namaste.